the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1940, KYCR Golden Valley, your exclusive Twin Cities home for the Ramsey Show. Live weekday afternoons from 1 to 4. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Winter weather is blanketing the U.S. as a massive storm sent temperatures crashing and created whiteout conditions over a big swath of the country. For some people, it means big travel delays. People like Alexis Goldberg, who got some bad news when she arrived yesterday at Newark International Airport. When we got to the airport and, um, as luck would have it, got out of the car and was hit with a six-hour delay. In Seattle, Darren Desmario says he feels sorry for those that lost work as a result of the storm. Uh, I'm concerned more for those people who have jobs who are going to go without a day of pay just because of inclement weather. The National Weather Service says its warning map depicts what it calls one of the greatest extents of winter weather warnings and advisories ever. Nearly 5,000 flights within, into, or out of the U.S. were canceled on Friday. One-point power outages left about 1.4 million homes and businesses in the dark. This is SRN News. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. The following program was pre-recorded. Is it his time? Yes! Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Hopefully you're settled in for uh, for a beautiful three-day weekend. Uh, if that's true, then awesome. Glad you could be with us. If you're if you're not, if you're still out uh, doing your shopping, driving in the car, you're in luck. I have tips for you today, and it's not where to buy things, and it's not it's not what to, it's it's got nothing to do with it. Although I will send out to you during the show today, I will send out to you on Twitter at pound KBRS our Twitter handle, 
uh, pound KBRS is how you search for us. Uh, I will send out uh, just a recent piece that's been put out about how to wrap your Christmas gifts. Because as I'll tell you later in the show, wrapping really increases the pleasure of the person receiving the gift. And so this is largely a show today that, that based on some of the things I do uh, in teaching at St. Cloud State. And I know, okay, so let me get this bit out of the way too. I know people will say, but you can't talk about Christmas at a public university, can you? Well, I can and I can't. I use it as an example to talk about something that is actually more important which, when I talk about economics, one of the things I teach is about the development of economies and how initially every economy was based on, on what was uh, largely just a gift exchange. I did something for you. I gave you something that you valued, and that made you better off, and you felt happier and in return for that. At some time down the road, you would do a similar thing for me that would make me happier. And, and it wasn't I was giving you this in return for that. It's that I did something for you, and then later on you did something for me. All right? That's a different, it's not really a transaction per se, unless you really want to expand the definition of transaction to something broad. So I would talk to students about gift exchange economies, very primitive economies, and in the process of doing them, I would often, it, when I teach this course, it would normally be the fall semester that I would teach this course. It was a course titled Comparative Economic Systems, and I start with primitives and then move through various stages until I reach uh, both capitalism and socialism. And I, I do the isms uh, and so on a little bit, but I, don't, uh, but I like to talk about general economies. But the very end of the semester... Um, Usually the last class of the semester, I would like to do, to go all the way back to gift exchange and then say, okay, many of you, and I wouldn't identify which holiday it was, I said, but many of you are at a, at a moment in your year where the exchanging of gifts is common, so let's talk about gifts and how one goes about uh, giving away gifts. And this is very different for my students because my students normally think of economists as not being very much fun. And I can, and I'll, we'll have an example for you here because probably the most famous story, Christmas economic story is uh, the title of a book by a, by a professor from the University of Pennsylvania named Joel Waldfogel um, called Scroogeonomics. Well, I've never liked how Scrooge gets portrayed. Right? I've never been a big fan of it. And there was a great article written uh, more than a decade ago by, by uh, Stephen Landsberg, who is um, one of my very favorite economists, taught at the University of Rochester, um, still lives in the Rochester area. I don't think he's teaching anymore. He's still writing and, and doing research and, and being, being a, a great professor. But one of the things he would always say, okay, Scrooge, about Scrooge is, let's think about what Scrooge is. Scrooge is a guy who could have, who could buy tons of things. He was rich. The way Dickens wrote about him, he, he's a rich guy. He could have had lavish parties. He could have bought lots. He could have had lots of light on. He could have the best the best foods and so on. No, he doesn't do any such thing. He works in darkness because he doesn't want to consume candles and light. He eats gruel or porridge because he doesn't want to spend money on food. Now think about that. The benefit of that would be there's more food for the rest of us. Or in a market economy, when Scrooge decreases his demand for food, the price of food falls and there's more food for the rest of us. Likewise with the light. If he turns down, if he, if he doesn't burn candles, the price of candles falls. The question really is, is whether or not he saves the money. So 
So if we take Scrooge, the Dickens character, versus uh, the Disney character, Scrooge McDuck, we have two different types of activities that could happen. Scrooge McDuck would take his coins and stick them in a big room someplace and, and, and just hoard them and then go play with his coins. Okay, this is the, this is the caricature of a, rich man, of a rich man or rich woman. But a rich man or rich woman, Landsberg points out, who just leaves the coins under the mattress or in a room, in a, in a pr- presumably well fortified room. By not spending that money, his de- decreased demand. Now, on the other hand, Ebenezer, no dummy, and someone in the in, in the business field, right? Remember he and he and Cratchit uh, uh, and and Bob and Marley, not Bob Marley, right? Because Bob Marley, of course, is the is the is the reggae guy. So it's a funny story we tell up here in St. Cloud about that. I'll, I'll set that aside, but but Marley and Marley and Scrooge, Marley and Scrooge, were business people, and so it's pretty likely that that Ebenezer Scrooge, rather than putting the money in some big building, so in some dark room in the middle of of his home, which was cold and dark, put the money instead in a bank. Well, that's good, because the money put in the bank increases savings. And increased savings means interest rates fall. and makes it easier for somebody else to borrow the money and put it to some productive use. Okay? Ebenezer lowers the interest rates. Scrooge McDuck lowers prices, but, but each is um, helping their, their neighbors out. By either making every dollar that the neighbors have stretch further with lower prices or by making interest rates lower and making it easier for them to borrow money. And so, and so uh, as, uh, as Landsberg writes, and I'm reading this, this was written back in 2004, so don't take this to be something contemporaneous. Savings is philanthropy, Landsberg writes. And because this is both the Christmas season and the season of tax reform, it's worth mentioning that the tax system should recognize as much. If there's a tax deduction for charitable giving, there should be a tax deduction for saving. What you earn and don't spend is your contribution to the world. And it's equally a contribution whether you give it away or squirrel it away. Now I love this story. I love I love the insightfulness. Uh, Landsberg, Landsberg's first book that well, it wasn't his first book it was the book that made him famous, uh, the Armchair Economist. I know I know my producer John was is a huge fan of uh, uh, Tom Sowell's Basic Economics, and I I have conversations with people frequently about about the wonders of that of Sowell's book, and I often turn them to the Armchair Economist. Before there was free economics and before there was basic economics, there was armchair. And it was Landsberg's book. It was a book I gave my dad 25 years ago to say, you know, if you really want to understand what it is that, that I spend time telling students about, read this. This is, this is close. And this is back in the day where, where I would have to go buy a book from, uh, from a brick-and-mortar store and wrap it up and send it away. And gave it to him as a gift. Now, what is very interesting about that is is that what I wanted to do is I wanted him to understand that this is this is what your son does when he's talking to classes. I thought this was very a very important thing. I didn't know whether my dad would read the book or not. I don't know that my dad, I didn't know if my dad would like the book. My dad had earned an MBA, so I knew he knew about finance and economics, just like anyone with an MBA would. But he wasn't really in a business field. By this time, he was retired. He had spent most of his life working in a, work, working in a plastics plant, 
um, as a manager. I didn't know if, that he would like it, but I sent that along anyway. Now, it wasn't a Christmas gift. It wasn't even a birthday gift. I just saw it one day, and I said, you know, I should just give that book to Dad. Now, luckily in my case, he liked, he read the book, and he liked the book. My dad was a voracious reader. Both my parents, voracious readers. I think that's where we get it from, because my brother and sister and I all have that very same trait. But that is, but I didn't know. And this is the this is the topic for this hour. We give gifts to each other. In the old days, we gave gifts because it might be our life depended on it. If I didn't give a gift to to the to the strong looking person who lived in the cave one over from me, maybe when the woolly mammoths come, that that person uh, in the cave over from me wouldn't protect me from being devoured by the woolly mammoth. I don't know if woolly mammoths. Um, So you gave gifts. Yes, you could call them protection gifts. But that's the nature of gift exchange. If I'm successful in the hunt, I feed my neighbors so that when I'm not successful in the hunt, my neighbors might feed me. Gifts have gone a long way from that, but gifts have been around since, since primitive times. But as we've, di- as we've disconnected gift-giving from the very basic elements of life, we may have also moved away from knowing how it is we give gifts. I've got examples for you coming up, in particular an example from my wife's favorite show, Seinfeld. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show. Merry Christmas from Business 1440. All around the world, for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Are you ready right now? Come on. Here we go. Oh, I like it like that. Come on. That's it. All right. Come on. Oh, Christmas presents around the world. Something mighty sweet to see. If only if I just had Present for everyone under one great big Christmas tree. For every boy that wants a brand new toy. For every Johnny that wants a car. For every junior that wants a mobile bike. Right and right and right. Sightseeing in Ferris at the Mall in Bloomington or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Quit smoking, chew, and vaping with this half-price offer from the Biz 1440 and breathe freedom from nicotine. Get one program for just $250. That's half price for the faster, easier, and more effective way to quit smoking. There's a limited number of these half-off deals available. It's just $250 for one person, meaning you could save thousands this year. Call the Biz 1440 today at 651-405-8800. That's 651-405-8800. Said the night wind to the little lamb. Tune in now to the station that keeps Christ in Christmas. Go tell it on the mountain. TheFishTwinCities.com Over the hills and the soundtrack of the season, supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Listen in with the free Fish Twin Cities app. Maybe all I want for Christmas is you. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. 
Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Hey, everybody, it's Charlie Kirk here. In the battle for America's Christian values, we at TPUSA Faith have stood strong in helping generations of Americans to defend their faith. Now we need your support to help us finish the year strong, ready to advance the biblical values in 2023. Would you help us defend faith and freedom right now with a tax-deductible donation? When you do, thanks to a generous $75,000 matching donation, your best gift will be doubled. Give today and help Christians stand strong in their faith. Listen to the King Banyan Show Saturday mornings at 9 here on the Biz 1440. It's the latest economic news, trade information, your monthly jobs report, and much more. Join us this Saturday morning live on the Biz 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show. Merry Christmas to you. So we've dispensed with Scrooge, about whom many people just associate the word humbug, but maybe he's not a humbug. Maybe he's helping maybe he's helping to hold interest rates down and make life easier for the rest of us. And you know when he does it, it's probably better than when the Fed does it. And that's the only time I'm talking about the Fed today. So, a normal thing that we do at Christmas time is, if you're a macroeconomist as I am, okay, at least that's my training, you spend time talking about how big an effect the holiday season, Christmas and and Hanukkah and uh, other other holidays where there's gifts being exchanged, um, you see, you, you, your conversation always turns to the consumerism of that period and the fact that for most businesses, 30% for, for retailers, 30% of their sales in a year happen during this holiday season within the last five to six weeks of the year. So that's another that's that's a big part of it, and that that when I was um, when I was a baby economist, that's studying the size of that seasonal effect was a kind of a big deal. And we now are at the point where in the United States, the amount of money we spend in the holiday season has grown enough so that it's about nine. We people estimated they were going to spend about nine hundred dollars on average. On, on gifts for this holiday season, $900 per person. So that comes, out to, that comes out to a pretty hefty number, although on average people actually spend, our guess is, less than the number that people think they do. And that's, that's part of our story today. Normally people expect that they're going to give $900, but they'll spend probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 to $750. So there's some overestimate. So so this this began this thought process began right at the very beginning of research in an area called behavioral economics, which is really the sort of the, the convergence of economics and psychology. I admit psychology was not one of my best subjects. When I was in when I was in college, I struggled my way to a B that I thought was actually a generous grading of my of my rather uh, lackluster work in that class. I, I, I didn't do well. I never felt felt good about it. But over time, since then, back in the seventies, I've come to realize that I probably 
like psychology a lot more than you would have known from that class. And one of the ways in which we, we do this and we've thought about this psychology is for the following reason. As I mentioned in the beginning segment, there was this there was this point on uh, there there was this um, this paper written back in the 1990s. I think it was actually 1993. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I have to go grab the uh, journal and be sure I've got this right. Right. This is 1993, and in December of that year, by a guy named Joel Walfogel, who at that time was at Yale. He's now at the University of Pennsylvania, but at the time he was at Yale University, and over lunchtime, he had devised an idea to do an experiment. And this is very in the very early days where experimental economics was happening. So what he did was he wanted to give them gifts and say, you know, say, okay, I'm going to buy you a gift, this gift. And, and he would ask them simply to write down what's the value of the gift to you. And then he would take that value and compare it to what he spent on the gift. Every gift was was ten dollars uh, was the purchase cost of it. And they would compare those, and then they would say, "Okay, what? How much? How much less value did that person put on it?" Now, some gifts were valued more than ten dollars, but more were valued at less. And what what Waldfogel's initial um, piece. Uh, piece uh, showed that approximately one-third of the value was, in fact, lost. Now, it's, it's, clearly, it's clearly the case, and in, it's clearly the case that people would go out and look at this experiment and say, ah, we, sh- we should, re- we should uh, replicate this. We should find out if this is really true or if this is just some weird class at Yale that, uh, that uh, Professor Waldfogel had. So it had been repeated time and again. There were lots of other studies. And they all land on this very same point. If you just go out and spend $10 on a gift and you, give it to, and, and you present it to somebody and you, then someone comes along, a researcher comes along and says, well, how much do you value that gift? It comes in somewhere between between about 10% and a third of the value of the gift. All right? So so that thought has been there, has been there for a while. And, and what, what people believed was that this was, in fact, a kind of a negative trade. In a piece that was posted last year at Marginal, Revenue, Marginal Revolution University, which is the website run by Tyler Cowan and Alex Tabarak, which do, which uh, is actually like this ma- massive online course in economics that if you like the other things, I, 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 I would tell you to go find Marginal Revolution University. Just Google it. You'll find it immediately. And there's full courses in a variety of, variety of areas of economics that you can take there. And they're quite detailed and they're quite good. But they posted a piece uh, on the economics of Christmas. And they describe this negative trade, and it, and, it, and it goes like this. When people buy something for themselves, value is created because the buyer values the good more than it costs the seller to produce. But when people give gifts that aren't wanted, the recipient values the gifts at less than the cost. Gift giving, it can be a kind of negative trade. Well, who's the humbug now? Right. <laughs> this is an economist basically saying when you buy a gift, you're destroying value. It sounds awful, doesn't it? It absolutely does. But this thought isn't, of course, unique to um, this isn't unique to uh, uh, that was Tyler Cowen's voice that you heard in that one. It's actually been something that's been around for quite some time. And it's the it's the four ways in which people spend money. Okay, there was a great piece that was in uh, the original Free to Choose by Milton Friedman. And so let's play just a little clip of Milton Friedman describing the same thing. Well, you know, you can spend your own money on yourself. And when you spend your own money on yourself, you're very careful of what you spend it on, and you make sure that you get the most for your dollar. You can spend your own money on somebody else. 
You give gifts to other people. You take people out to dinner. And when you spend your own money on somebody else, you're very careful that you don't spend too much. You try to keep down the amount you spend. But you don't worry very much about what the other fellow's getting from it. You don't pay anything like as much attention to the gifts you buy for other people as to the things you buy for yourself. So that that explains, I, in my view, that explains why people will say they're going to spend $900 on, on gifts, you know, for the holiday season. But when they get a deal, that doesn't mean they go out and spend the rest of that $900 to buy an extra gift. They typically put that money back in their pocket instead. So this led in the 1990s to uh, Walt Fogel publishing the book Scroogeonomics. And this led to a lot of people deciding to, in fact, decide that, get, that, that giving cash maybe is the right way to go. When we come back, a pretty simple example of that from probably the number one show of the 1990s, Seinfeld, here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. We are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. Overheard Mrs. Claus talking. Yes. She said that she's getting a new Santa. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Rudolph, I know all about it. Mrs. Claus is getting a new Santa Fe from Invergrove Hyundai. What's a Santa Fe? A Santa Fe is Hyundai's most advanced SUV. Jam-packed with safety and technology features. And its spacious five-passenger interior is like the Claus family room on wheels. Does this mean we won't have to take her in the sleigh to Pilates class every Tuesday? That's right. Ho, ho, ho. Every new Hyundai like the Santa Fe 
Hyundai comes with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. You deserve a great car buying experience, and that's what you'll get at Invergrove Hyundai. Online at InvergroveHyundai.com. InvergroveHyundai.com. And they're reindeer recommended. One of my favorites. Thank you. How do we make Christmas something special this year? You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. And chances are you've already had this issue where you tried to give cash as a gift. And it didn't, you know. And if you argued with them, but I read Professor Waldfogel's paper. And it says if I don't give you cash... I'm wasting money. It's not a good thing for me to give you something else. That's that's where we are in the story right now. As I said, this paper came out in uh, December of 1993 in the American Economic Review, which is the which at the time was the only uh, major journal published by the American Economic Association, to which everybody, every economist in the United States including me, pretty much all of us belong to, and we all read. And so we are all influenced by this, and lots of papers came out and said the same thing. Well, the story uh, shows up in The Economist and in The Wall Street Journal because it was a novel paper um, and something that people could relate to and debate and so on. And it shows up pretty early on in in the second season of Seinfeld. Um, so let me set this up for you. Um, Seinfeld, okay, so Jerry and Elaine, two of the big characters. And if you're listening to this show and you don't know who Seinfeld is, well, you probably don't get two-thirds of my my cultural references, so you've probably stopped listening to the show by now. But <laughs> I think I think it's uh, I, I think it's safe to say. Okay, so Jerry, Jerry is a Jerry and Elaine are 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 longtime friends. And at the beginning of the show, they decide they might want to be more than friends. And so they'd be trying to figure out how the relationship's going to work. And some of this, some of this is um, more in the PG-13 area, so I'm going to skip that part. Um, but let's just say that they're in that middle where they don't want to give up the friendship and they're kind of afraid to make a commitment to to a romantic relationship. And so they're in that period of trying to work this thing out. And so, and if you want to, if you want to see the show, I believe it's, I believe the title of the show is simply the deal. It's in the second season. It's, it's early in, in the Seinfeld. uh, So, um, uh, so they, so it's Elaine's birthday and Jerry needs to figure out what to get for a gift. He wants to give her a gift. He wants it to be me. He wants to, he wants to make sure it's something that she'll really value. But on the other hand, he's still trying to make sure that this is a friendship thing and not a, not a romantic thing. So play the first Seinfeld clip, please. Maybe you won't like it. Oh, how could I not like it? Of course I'll like it. You could not like it. Just the fact that you remembered means everything. Of course I remembered. It reminded me every day for two months. <laughs> oh, the card. <laughs> cash? What do you think? You got me cash? Well, that's right. You can go out and get yourself whatever you want. No good? Are you my uncle? Have you ever gotten a gift from an uncle that wasn't cash? And if you got a gift from an uncle that wasn't cash, was it a gift you really liked? So it's it, there's a lot of things at play in this, okay? But it needs that setup. So he's so she's clearly disappointed by receiving cash, and yet we've just read a paper in which we we understand that it's it's uh, an efficient way to give gifts is to give them cash, right? So. So we have to give. So we're going to give the cash bit instead. 
And that, and so when she says, "Are you my uncle?" What she's really saying is, "Don't you know who I am? Don't you don't you know what I'm interested in?" Right. Meanwhile, Jerry's thinking to himself, I, "You know." I just wanted to give you something that was really efficient. You can go get yourself whatever you want. Cash works everywhere. Right? That's why men men like to pay with cash and women prefer to pay with checks because men go like, hey, cash. You know, there's a, there's another famous Seinfeld bit where he talks about writing a check in a in a, in, in a line. It's acting like, hey, I'm going to write on a piece of paper. Will you take this as payment? And, and finds it remarkable. So it's, this, it's that same thought process. Cash, it works everywhere. Or as one of my very best friends when I was in grad school, you say, hey, cash offends no one. Well, no. Elaine seems to be rather offended by this. It's difficult to give an efficient gift. Okay? It's, it's you know, and uh, so reading a piece that came out, and I will, I, I, I'm tweeting various pieces to you as we go through the show today. Um. One piece that was written by Tim Harford just uh, just a few weeks ago in the Financial Times. The efficient presence hypothesis, right? The efficient presence hypothesis works with me, right? The efficient presence hypothesis says most suitable gifts have already been purchased, typically by the recipients who've decided to treat themselves. Okay? Um, he writes, and this happens with me, and it, it's happened with me. Where I have gone out and bought a gift for some for somebody, like my wife or my daughter, only to find that they've already bought that very same thing for themselves. Right? I typically I typically set aside one or two things every year and I say or, or I've set this, these aside for all time. I say, I do not buy myself these things. These are the things you can buy me. I do not buy my own socks, and I do not buy my I do not buy my own neckties. I will wear just about anything for socks. I will wear just about anything for a necktie. I appreciate them all. You have to be comfortable with the fact that when I receive new ties and new socks, I throw away the old ones, or if they're in good enough shape, I send them off to the Salvation Army store. Right, but. That's the way. That's the way this works for me. As if to as, as if to make the point home, drive the point home, that she's upset about receiving the gift. Kramer walks in to Jerry and Elaine's. Uh, it's not a gift exchange because it's just Elaine's birthday, and this is a birthday gift, not a Christmas gift, but it equally applies. Let's play clip number two, please. Hey. Oh. Elaine, I'm glad you're here. Stay, stay right here. I'm, I'm going to be right back. <laughs> oh, what is this? Yeah. You got me something? Yeah, yeah, open. Oh, this. Kramer. Great. You remember when we were standing there and she mentioned it? I made a mental note of it. Well, goody for you. Oh, yes. I'm very sensitive about that. So he's very sensitive about that, which is which is probably the funniest line in the whole routine. Um, by the way, do, John, are you a Seinfeld fan at all? Yeah, I enjoy Seinfeld. I haven't seen every single episode, but I enjoy it. Okay. Well, unlike my wife. Who's, who, as I say, who watches them it? all. She can, yeah, she can recite them. It's just in the same way. I'm an idiot. I can recite Star Trek original series. You can, you know, it's one of those. You're you know, tricky, huh? Do you, do you remember the? Do you remember the the game that named that tune? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard. I've okay, heard where they would tune. you would bid you would bid down the number of notes you they describe a song for you, not naming it or the artist, but they would describe it. And then, and then someone would say, I can name that song in seven notes, six notes, five notes. And they'd bid themselves all the way down, maybe even to one note. <laughs> um, well, I'm that way with Star Trek. I can name that show, I can name that show in one sentence. Um, you can play one, if you play the first sentence of any show, I can tell you which season, the title of the show, and maybe the special guest. That's a remarkable gift. Is that a gift? 
It's not a gift. It's, it's a skill it's, acquired. It's, it, no, it's it's a youth wasted is what it is. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, um, so Kramer has observed Elaine admiring a bench, and he goes and buys the bench, and it's what she wants. I don't know that this works all the time. I have walked with my wife through stores, which I find, which I find, I admit, and she knows it, so I'm okay saying this on the air. I find it a painful process. I find shopping generally a painful process, which is why I never want to go buy socks and ties. But she will often say, and she'll look at something, she says, I like this, and then she'll spin on a heel and look at me and say, but don't buy me this for Christmas. Because I would be provoked, just like Kramer, if I saw my wife like something that I thought I would want, I should buy it for her. And her answer is, just because I looked at it doesn't mean I really want to own it, so don't make a plan from that. Kramer has, in fact, made a leap. We looked at this, we liked it. Therefore, I want it in my home. I have no idea if the bench is going to fit in Elaine's apartment. I don't know how it's going to be used. And my guess is Kramer doesn't either. But what I do know is he went ahead and bought it. And so now, and now that's fine. And so as if to drive the point home, here's one more clip from Seinfeld. So what'd you get her? 182 bucks. <laughs> What kind of gift is that? That's like something her uncle would give her. Think where man's glory most begins and ends. And say my glory was I had such a friend. Gates. <laughs> so he's driven home the driven home the point, right? And this is the common point that we should be thinking hard about gifts, and we should be trying to make sure they're really personal and special to them. All right. I will tell you this. I, I will argue that much in the same way as we're terrible at picking investments over time, we're also pretty bad at picking gifts. And I have some evidence to that effect. But there's hope. There's a way to get gifts in a way that isn't, in fact... Uh, uh, in a way that might actually make your 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 family member, your partner, your loved one uh, happier, and we're going to give you all those too here on the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. Dad, Granddad, let's, let's make Christmas. Make it a beautiful The Biz 1440 KYCR Golden Valley What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school. Plus, all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
It looks like a map of tiny rivers on a tiny continent. I see an intricate spider web created by spiders who studied French Impressionism in college and wear berets. I see a geometric pattern reminiscent of alien crop circles. That long scar on Frankenstein's forehead? It looks like that. A San Francisco sidewalk after an earthquake. It looks like when I spilled wine on the new carpet. Good idea to bring that up. It's Humpty Dumpty after he had that thing. Poor guy, that must have really left a mark. Stare at it all you want. It's not going away. That crack in your windshield could cost you a ticket. It hinders visibility, it's unsafe for you and your family, and it's only going to get worse. Make one call to Advantage Auto Glass. What's the advantage? Free mobile service, on-time scheduling wherever and whenever you want, the highest quality parts and adhesives. They'll settle that claim and your insurance picks up the tab. So don't let a minor annoyance turn into a major problem. Call Advantage Auto Glass at 952-423-6396 or go to ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Basement issues ruining your home? Standard Water Control, your local basement contractor, has $200 off waterproofing, foundation repair, and egress window projects. $50 off radon mitigation. Cold temps don't matter because the Standard Water Professionals install all year round. Standard Water Control. They've served customers in Minnesota and western Wisconsin for 45 years. Call Standard Water for all your basement project needs. Schedule online. StandardWater.com. That's StandardWater.com. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at Minneapolis.SalemSurround.com. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. The gift exchange edition, Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440. Thank you for listening, those of you uh, who are who are following along and giving advice on on Twitter on gift giving. I appreciate that very much. Uh, hopefully, listeners just go to Pound KBRS and you can get that kind of information. Um, one of the things that happens in gift giving, as we saw here, was was here was. Here was Jerry giving money to Elaine. He is trying really, really hard to make sure it's efficient. And he actually doesn't want it to be something emotional. Think about all those gifts that you see of jewelry that get advertised at this time of the year. All right, are we really spending a lot of time looking at the price looking at how much diamond we're buying for the dollar? No. What they sell is the look, usually on a woman's face, receiving jewelry from a man. Okay? That's usually what we have here. So, the way economists initially think about this, and what I think made Walfogel's initial experiment a bit flawed, was that the gift happens among strangers? Let me have let me have it explained to you from that video that uh, that uh, Tyler Cowen and and Alex Tabarak put up at, at Marginal Revolution University, when, where they discuss the two problems in gift giving as being one of knowledge and one of information. But I see two problems with gift giving: the incentive problem and the knowledge problem. When people buy things for themselves. Well, they've got good incentives to choose carefully, and they have good knowledge about their own preferences. But when people give gifts, they have less incentive to choose carefully and less knowledge about what the other person would truly want. So that's, that's so the, the, what solves the problem in the Seinfeld story is that for Kramer, who doesn't know Elaine altogether that well, is that they have to be walking together. He sees her admire a bench. He goes back to the store and buys the bench. What is he actually promoting? Is he promoting the bench? He's pro- or is he promoting, in fact, you know, I feel friendship toward you. I'm sentimental toward you. 
And so I'm going to give you this. Whereas Jerry is trying crazily to not signal the fact that he really wants to have a romantic relationship with her, but is afraid of saying so because he doesn't want to lose the friendship that they've shared for many years. And so he goes to perhaps the least sentimental thing you can give somebody, which is money. Okay, so so they decide that they really don't want to do that. Instead, indeed, what happens more often than not, according to brand new research in the Journal of Consumer Psychology is, if we're given the choice between giving sentimentally valuable gifts and gifts that have superficial attributes that match the preferences of, of the recipient, we tend to more often give the gift that has the superficial attributes than the, than the one that has sentimental value. So to the uh, person on Twitter who says, says, well, what's the matter with a distributed list of things you want from Amazon? Well, the problem with that is it's not sentimental. And people want the sentimental choice more often than not. That's why I've always been puzzled by wedding registries. Right? Everyone can see what the gifts are. Everyone can see they don't have any sentimental value. They typically are things that the couple is saying we need for our house. Right? And they, they, they don't represent anything sentimental. So I think, in fact, that wedding gifts are typically a little less desirable than, than, wedding, than, these, than Christmas gifts that come from a family member that express sentimentality. So as we as we come up here on the you know toward the end of the first half of this show, let me if you do need to go away after this, come back and listen to the to the second hour because I got more tips for you. But let me leave you with this one: If you're buying a gift for someone who's close to you, and the choice is between something they say they really want and something of sentimental value, you might want to lean a little bit more toward the sentimental piece than toward that thing which is out there. And that's actually not just based on, on an economist saying so. That's based on, on several consumer psychology studies that have been done over the last decade. You might want to go in that direction instead. More tips for you coming up after this on the King Banyan Show, Christmas edition on Business 1440. And roast the turkey. inflation will make the holidays difficult for many local families but you can help by donating to the Salvation Army's million dollar match now through New Year's Eve all gifts will be matched up to one million dollars your donation will provide double the amount of food shelter and care for people struggling to afford groceries fuel and housing give now at SalvationArmyNorth.org that's SalvationArmyNorth.org together we can love beyond what kind of legacy will you leave behind? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Al and Mike as they'll be discussing your legacy issues, the necessary steps you need to take to ensure your affairs are in order and that you're not leaving a mess for those you love. Whether you're young or old, rich or not so rich, this topic is critical for you, your spouse, and your loved ones. Listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them today at 855-231-6010. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket 
The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems a boot, Arby's Computer Service. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.